Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back here to Soul to Soul. It's great to be with you here this afternoon. My name is Ari Kiebman, and it's wonderful to be with you here on Soul to Soul, talking about soulful things and listening to soulful music. And we've been discussing over the last couple of weeks our Tanya Talks and discussing the importance, the significance of happiness, of joy, of being able to express ourselves. And in fact, I want to just point at something in the portion this week, which is about the importance of time. I know that time management is a challenge for very many. And just to talk about three categories of time and how do we make the most to maximize our time in our life. Number one would be, what should we call it? Um, there's got to be a nice name for this, but basically time that's not used properly. You know, when people like to kill time, it's depressing time. It's time that's just not used in any productive way. Let's see how many movies we can watch. What kind of window shopping could we sleep our lives away? And that's one of the important reasons why at Chabad House we have our senior citizens program because we realize when a person is retired, they shouldn't retire, but rather retire their wheels, so to say, to get moving and doing things that are more productive. And that's the next level of time, although we don't get stuck. The productive time is where you use every moment productively. But being busy and productive, even though you're accomplishing things, is still not enough. And that's the next level, and that is where you actually sanctify your time. And that's the mitzvah we have in the, por- in the Torah portion we're reading today, in the portion of Bo, which specifically discusses the mitzvah of sanctifying time, is that I'm not just utilizing my time in a purposeful and productive way, but rather every moment is sanctified. And by the way, that doesn't preclude taking care of your health or eating or gym or rest, because all those are part of sanctifying time, as long as you're aware of how you're utilizing every moment. Because indeed, the moments we spend with our family is sanctified. The moments we're eating and the energy we'll use from that food to do good things and the exercise we do at the gym is all part of how we formulate ourselves to be the most we can be. So in order to do this, we have to be able to not just be focused on our selfish, our self-centered needs, but we got to move on from that into things that are more spiritual. Now, when it comes to physical things, the Talmud tells us that no person leaves this world even with half their cravings fulfilled. That's the what the Talmud says. Instead, a person, and you probably heard this very famous line, a person who has 100 wants 200, and a person who has 200 wants 400, etc. The idea is that a person, which every person, regardless of one's cognitive state, we, a person can't be happy unless their true self is expressed. So while we might be able to accumulate all types of financial and gadgets and computers and gizmos, I, I didn't get a chance to listen today to Steve's show earlier, but I'm sure that Stephen Ambrose told us all about all the latest gadgets in town. And the, the truth is, I was recently reading an article called The How of Happiness. And there they talk about that as people acquire, you know, make a money, make, a, earn their income, then there's 
more consumer goods that they desire, which they don't necessarily need. And then you look around, you wonder how you accumulated and cluttered up all these things. So now we have more gadgets and more computers. And one car is not enough, so you get another. And whether it's one home or another home, and who knows what we add into our lives, because our aspirations simply rise to the same degree as our income. So what happens is, I think they call it the hedonic treadmill, which is where you just, as you climb up the corporate ladder, the income ladder, all of a sudden you need more things. The truth is, if you think about it, do you really need all of these types of things to live? So this is something that has to be taken into consideration, that when we move more into our nefesh elokis, as Tanya explains, from a perspective of seeing things from our godly soul, then we understand what's truly important, how to sanctify our time, not just to use it productively and accumulating things. And we'll discuss this a little bit more and how, of course, this leads to a more meaningful and happier life. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Pick and Pay Norwood Hyper have these pocket-saving sweet deals just for you. Pick and Pay whole kosher barbecue chicken for $89.99 per kilo. Pick and Pay kosher lamb riblets at a very low $149.99 per kilo. Pick and Pay kosher beef burgers just $99.99 per kilo. Pick and Pay kosher lean mints for $109.99. Catch these and many more specials in store. These specials are exclusive to Pick and Pay Norwood Hyper and only while stocks last. Pick and pay Hyper Norwood, the best place to shop when you want to buy a lot. And welcome back to Soul to Soul, Rabbi Ari Kivman. And we're talking Tanya insights, how to live a more meaningful and happier life indeed. And before we explained why a person, which we describe a person as both Nefesh Alakis, spiritually oriented, and Nefesh Bahamas, physically driven, why a person who is more living a more sanctified and spiritual or purposeful life is indeed a more meaningful and happier life. And why, if I'm only driven by my desires, why I can't be so happy. So long as I'm focused, so long as the focus is on myself, if I am the center of my entire life, then I can never have enough. Because if I have money, perhaps I want more money. If I have a good relationship, maybe I want a better one. If my child is the valedictorian, the, the what do we call it here, the, the best in the class, and you always want more. So if I have attained spiritual greatness... It's a good thing. I want even greater greatness. The bottom line is, at the end of the day, though, that a self-oriented mindset, where the focus is always just on myself, is actually an impediment to my happiness. Because as much as we have, we're always going to want more. And in fact, the more that we acquire, the more keenly we feel that void, that lack. There are people who have everything in the world, and they still feel empty. You got a hundred, well, we only lack another hundred. And the moment that we acquire 200, what happens? Usually, now, we need another 200 in order to be happy, because 
our taste for more has been wet and we're always looking for more. So, as someone once put it, I've met the enemy, he is me. Because the reason I have a hard time being happy is not that I'm going about my search the wrong way. The greatest impediment to happiness sometimes is the quest to happiness itself. And this is something that the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneir Zaman of Liadi, explains the concept, and explains this in detail in Tanya, that the more self-important a person feels about themselves, the more miserable they are. If I don't take myself that seriously, then I won't be as insulted and fribbled when perhaps somebody didn't look at me, didn't acknowledge me, didn't recognize, whatever it is that puts me into that bad mood. Happiness is something that comes from the nefesh alakis, from the godly soul. And the godly soul is not one that's driven by ego. So the idea that is explained in Tanya is that the nefesh habahamis, my animal soul, can't provide me the happiness. It doesn't satisfy the totality of a person. We have to put some focus on my godly soul, my nefesh alakis. It doesn't bring lasting happiness even to the nefesh Bahamas, even to the animal soul itself, because what am I really gaining? A self-oriented mindset is always desiring more and more. So alone, my animal soul is incapable of achieving that lasting happiness, positive emotions. But thank God we do have another identity of our godly soul. The difference between the two souls is not that one, the animal soul seeks material attainment while the godly soul is looking for something spiritual. The difference is that my animal soul seeks personal attainment. It's all about myself. Whereas the godly soul, as I put it to you previously, the animal soul is focused as animals are always looking in the ground. Am Haaretz, just soil. It's S O. I-L, whereas the godly souls, S-O-U-L, what can I do for another? So this whole concept of personal attainments, even for good reasons, is not the godly soul's perspective, because it's not selfish. It wants to be, it wants to fulfill God's desire in this world. And so it will do things for another. And that concept explained with a little insight in Hayom Yom why it is when two Jews meet that we have two godly souls against one animal soul. How's that possible? Because my animal soul is so selfish, all it cares for is itself. And guess what? Unless you're Mama Shatzadik, yours is very much the same. However, our godly souls are wired differently. My godly soul is not self-oriented. It cares for another. So when we get together, our godly souls care for each other. They team up. And the joint effort makes it two against one. And therefore we can help each other out. So these are the concepts that Tanya explains to us. That the nefesh kis, it's not about a bucket list of what I could achieve in this world. 
it only has a mission and a desire to connect with God, to do what God wants for us in this world, the neshama's desire is to be united with Hashem. It's not about the selfish desires. So that being the case, and you'll see this explained throughout in depth in Tanya, because it has no self-interest, it doesn't ask what God could do for it. You know, John F. Kennedy took the words that the Alter Rebbe said long before him, don't ask what God could do for you, ask what you could do for God. And he put it on the nation. But that's the question. What can I do? What? Can, how can I make a difference? It's not only about everything what's in it for me. That's the generation we live in today. And in Tanya, in chapter 41, very powerful chapter of Tanya that's worth studying, it talks about how can you get into this more spiritual godly mode. And one of the ways is when we study Torah, A, we sanctify time as we said before, but we're also allowing ourselves to become more oriented to this spiritual way to our godly souls. And we, we all want to we all want this more meaningful life. But it's about doing the right thing, sanctifying the time by doing something that is purposeful in specifically that way. So how do you go about that? Well, when you spend more time in spiritual matters, then you become more spiritually sensitive. And you're able to actually feel that kind of a relationship. In fact, the story goes about a certain chassid who was in a Siberian labor camp. You know, many chassidim were in these positions because of their crime of promoting Jewish practice and education during the years of communism. So the chassid developed a, a kinship with a, certain, with a group of all the people who were around him. And they used to discuss their woes and their problems and their challenges. And one time they asked him, how is it possible that you're still so cheerful when the rest of us have lost our entire identity? One was previously an advocate and another was a doctor and another was a lawyer, whatever their professions were. Don't know why we always choose those three. But the point is, he said, you see, you're all feeling dejected because your incarceration here in the gulag prevents you from materializing your life's goals. He says, though, my goal in life is to serve God. And that I could do wherever I am, even here in the gulag. And I think that really illustrates the idea that as long as we're in tune with the truth, then regardless what situation, when we're up or down, how well things are going or not so well, we're always aware of this and we can always make the very best of it. We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back to Sulta Salam Rabbi Arikib. And we're talking Tanya today and we're discussing how the Nefesh Elokis, the godly soul, has no self-interest. It only has a mission and a desire to connect with God. Whereas our animal soul is constantly looking for ways of making itself happier. And perhaps sometimes it's that pursuit of happiness that it makes us so miserable. So we see that the Nefesh Elokis doesn't have the inhibitions, the restrictions, the challenges to its happiness. But the question is then, what makes it happy? Because if it's about godliness, if it's about spirituality, yeah, we focus on God. 
and we'll find that his happiness is actually the source of our happiness. The knowledge that God has tasked us with implementing his cosmic plan for the universe and placed us at the center of his plans for creation, that gives us a feeling of intense elation that we realize something that's so powerful that God isn't just in heaven, that God cares about us. As Rabbi Nachman says, the fact that you're born means you matter. It means God says this world cannot exist without you. You're indispensable to God's plan. And when we realize that, as explained in chapter 33 of Tanya, a very famous verse, Yismach Yisrael Ba'osav, that we could rejoice in our Maker. What does this mean? It's a verse that I used to recite as a child, and now recite with my children. Perish Yisrael, that every single Jew has what to be joyous of. Besimchas Hashem. Why? Because as Judaism teaches, we celebrate, we rejoice in God. Asher sas v'sameach, that we're happy to dwell. God put us in this physical world. We are God's partners. We matter because God created us. We realize we're here for a purpose. And that means every single thing we do every day, whether it's eating or even sleeping, whether it's going to work or studying, whether it's exercising or going on an adventure, whatever we're doing, we are part of God's plan in this world. We are fulfilling God's mission in this world. Everything we do, when we follow God's instruction in the instruction manual for life, i.e. the Torah, then God finds a home and becomes comfortable in this world because we're doing We're fulfilling that mission, that purpose of why God put us here. We get to build God's home in this world. We get to fulfill the ultimate purpose, why God created everything in the first place. So when we do that, God rejoices. The very knowledge that we brought joy to God, that should give us immense joy. Our happiness is coming from us shedding our ego, from focusing completely on our mission and letting God's happiness fill us so why and how should his happiness be ours well think about it when we say a bracha we make a blessing before we eat something we make a blessing you know we wash our hands or shake the lulav or eating matzah we say the blessing that God sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to do this mitzvah. Now the word sanctified, Kodesh, which is the root of Kiddushanu, is also used in another context. For example, under a chuppah, when a couple gets married, it's called Kiddushin, the betrothal. When the groom slides that ring on the bride's finger, and they get to update their Facebook status, that's called Kiddushin. What's the connection between a mitzvah that we say that God sanctified us and the word, right, kadosh, kiddushanu, and kiddushin, marriage? So in Tanya it explains that our bond with God is like a marital betrothal. Because our soul unites with God. When we're fulfilling God's will in this world, every time we, f- we fulfill one of God's commandments, we're doing exactly that. The Torah mitzvahs are the wedding ring through which we're married to God. 
And so every time that we do the will of God, we take a moment to relish that love. We bless and thank God for the mitzvah. We thank God for our special relationship. A loving spouse knows that their greatest joy comes from bringing joy to their beloved. When you bring joy to your spouse, that brings you joy. So we appreciate that the truest joy is when we bring happiness and pleasure to our Father in Heaven. That's the idea. The same thing perhaps you could say is about a parent understands that there's no joy greater than doing something that makes my child happy. So God's happiness is the source of our own happiness. Our happiness comes from realizing that our efforts are making God happy. So this is the challenge and perhaps next week we could get into the nitty gritty, into the practical how to. How do you actually go about this? But there's still a little more. It's not so easy. You know, I could talk about this and say and make it sound as if it's so easy we could all do it just like that. But at the end of the day, we know that there are challenges. Because halavai, if only we could live in that spiritual mode all the time. But I want to say, despite the difficulty, what I want to say is firstly, even rabbis and rebbitsons face challenges with being happy all the time, with doing the will of God, with, with all these things that we discuss. So when we're facing whatever challenge, whatever obstacle and difficulty, what do we do? How do we keep doing the right thing? And I think this is an important idea as a very famous, um, as a very famous person once said, in fact, I think it's a song. It is a lesson you should heed. Try, try again. If at first you don't succeed, just try, try, try again. I think it's important that Sometimes, obviously depending on our circumstances, that when you know that your approach is correct, just because you're not being successful at it at the moment, well, guess what? You gotta just try again and you'll succeed. Indeed. So we'll talk the how to please God next week right here on Soul to Soul. And I look forward to discuss the details of how to get into really finding a way that works for ourselves. But in this search for happiness that all of us are going through, and perhaps we're spending our lifetime trying to figure out how to be happier, what we have to realize is maybe if what I'm doing till now is not working, maybe we got to try something better. Or if it's working, then, well, okay, then good. Try more. Do it again and again, and you'll see how you'll succeed. So... Indeed, we'll perhaps get into greater detail this next week, and I look forward to discuss it with you right here on Soul to Soul 101.9 High FM.